The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies. Thanks for joining us. Remember, the show is on podcast. If you got some friends you want to tell the show about or Anybody that missed it, be sure to tune back in. We've got two great guests for you this evening. Uh, one is a guy that flies under the radar, but he flies under the radar with some pretty big guys uh, under his wings, such as Bill Mott, Neil Howard, Al Stahl, Steve Asmussen, and Mike Maker. Uh, this trainer's name is Tom Drury, and he does a lot of the foundation work for these top trainers. He also uh, does uh, recuperation work, uh, class act uh, he uh, works out of the uh, Starlight Skylight Training Center in Kentucky, and uh, Tommy's a very interesting guy. I've got to know him over the last few years, and I think you're going to enjoy uh, listening to him and uh, some of the uh, escapades he's had and, and experiences he's had with these top trainers. Our second is uh, a uh, voice that you may know from Horse Racing Radio, and that is Jude Feld. Uh, Jude, of course, is uh, run handicapping contest around the country. Uh, he's given plenty of seminars, and he's a, considered a top handicapper. Well, right now he's come up with something that is really overdue in racing. We've got fantasy baseball. We've got fantasy football. Well, he's come up with MyFantasyStable.com, and we want to talk to Jude a little bit about that before we break down some of the uh, top races across the country this week. Well, it's uh, time for a hot fun in the summertime, but we didn't have any from Belmont Park today. I did cancel racing for today, uh, just under a severe heat wave. Uh, they said that the, with the humidity, it was expected to feel like 100 to 104 degrees, uh, unfair to uh, horses and horse players alike. And uh, we are not sure, again, whether or not uh, they'll be open. Of course, they were open for simulcasting. Talk about news of the long overdue. Hope you heard this one. It took quite a few years, but Secretariat, 39 years later, gets his Preakness record and completes the Triple Crown again, setting track records in every single race. People have theorized ever since his Preakness that the clocking was wrong that day in Baltimore. Well, uh, finally, he's recognized for the great, great horse he really was. Unbelievable setting a record in all three. Uh, Leonard Lusky, who's the, the spokesman for Penny Shenry, uh, slowly built his case. Uh, he called on a former CBS director and 
video experts from Kentucky and Colorado uh, to testify that the tape of 1973 race had not been doctored and indeed reflected real time. Well, in this day and age, digital technology allowed them to break the film down frame by frame, and they created a comparison to other Preakness races. I like this. They ran three of them uh, at the same time. Uh, they ran... Uh, uh, Louis Cortez's win in, in 97, then they went back to 1985 and got Tanks Prospect, and then uh, at the bottom they had, they had Secretariat, and at the end, Secretariat hit the finish line at least a length and a half ahead of the other two, even though that Louis Cortez and Tanks Prospect had started the day sharing the race record of 153-2, and two. Uh, Curlin recently ran it in 153.46, so right now it's 153 flat, and Secretariat has the record once and for all. So for all of us that saw him run back in the day and felt uh, that he got the record, he absolutely does. Let's go across the river now to Royal Ascot and uh, the new superhorse, the next Secretariat, Frankel. Uh, Frankel is just dominating horses uh, left and right. And uh, he has come back. He won by over 11 lengths in the Queen Anne victory at Royal Ascot, a figure that put him at the top of the all-time list of flat ratings. Uh, over in Europe, they have uh, time form has a speed rating. And for that race, uh, Frankel got a 147. Now, this goes back in history, the time forms ratings. In 19, uh, you had Seabird was ranked at 145. Uh, you had the legendary Rebo at 142. Uh, Mill Reef at 141. Uh, the uh, ill-fated Shergar and Vaguely Noble, they were ranked at 140. Uh, so Frankel gets a 147, and he is the real deal. Still plenty of doubts, uh, according to uh, his trainer, that uh, he's going to come across the river to compete in the Breeders' Cup. That would be great. I'd love to see it, uh, but we, we are not sure. But anyhow, it, it, this is just their, their huge, huge uh, celebration over there. And uh, we had a great story uh, come out of there yesterday with uh, Joe O'Brien uh, riding for his dad, Aiden O'Brien, who had a double on the card. Uh, he took it with So You Think. He notched the 10th Group 1 victory of his career as he stormed to a two-and-a-quarter-length win over Carlton House. Now, uh, Carlton House is uh, owned by the Queen of England, and uh, they were hoping that this would give the Queen her first Royal Ascot win in 35 years. Uh, with about two furlongs out, so you think uh, grabbed the lead. Uh, Carlton House went along the rail and drove up the challenge, but So You Think uh, pulled away. Carlton House held on for second. Uh, they say that the So You Think, who has Australian connections, will probably just have one more start before he is retired and sent to Australia for stud. Uh, today, uh, over at Royal Ascot, it was uh, Frankie DeTore. He made the right call. He had the choice to ride opinion poll or color vision, and he decided to stay on color vision and won the half-a-million-dollar Ascot Gold Cup by a half a length over his stablemate. Uh, color Vision edged past Gulf of Naples to the lead. Opinion poll was charging strongly, but DeTore made the right call and uh, takes home 
the Ascot Gold Cup, of course, at Grade 1. Now back in the USA, Animal Kingdom is back to galloping. Good news there. Of course, uh, winner of last year's Eclipse Award is the champion three-year-old. He's been off about 60 days now to recover from a stress fracture. And uh, according to uh, Barry Irwin, uh, the head of Team Valor, he says what happened to him was just a blip on the radar, not a serious injury of all. Of course, this will be his second comeback uh, he was on the sidelines before that. Uh, he suffered a slab fracture in the Preakness Stakes. Um, also, went the day well. A Team Valor uh, sent to the Derby is back in training and is pointing to the Jim Dandy and eventually to the Travers Stakes. And uh, he's going to meet a familiar horse in the Travers Stakes. Uh, the almost white Hanson is on the road Back to the Travers. Might take it a different way, though. Uh, he's scheduled either in the Iowa Derby at Prairie Meadows or the Red Legend Stakes at Hollywood Casino at Charlestown and then possibly even a visit to the West Virginia Derby. Kind of an interesting way to go, but, you know, he uh, needs to get back in the winner's circle and by taking that certicuous route uh, might find some softer spots than he might uh, in New York or California. So uh, they're, they're saying right now that they're probably about 95% that you listeners out there in Iowa are going to get a chance to see him win. And, of course, uh, the, you'd like to see him go in the, uh, the West Virginia Derby. as It's a $1 million race, and uh, it'll be very interesting. We hope that Hanson makes it back, and we're going to hear more about the development of Hanson from one Tom Drury. Uh, I've always heralded state-bred programs. I think they're a fantastic idea, and they're a, a good way sometimes for a guy that doesn't have a whole lot of money to get in the game by running in restricted races. Well, one that we handicapped on winning ponies a lot over the winter was Star Guitar, who just owns the Louisiana breads. Well, he's been crowned once again for the third consecutive year as Horse of the Year in Louisiana. Now, here's a state-bred uh, with a record of 23 no seconds, two-thirds from 29 starts. Al Stahl's the trainer. He's earned her over $1.6 million, and he's going to continue on racing. So congratulations to his, his connections. Um, let's see. Now for some people in the news, uh, you may have heard that uh, Johnny V went down in an accident at Churchill, and the good news is that uh, he is not going to have to have surgery on his collarbone. Uh, they say it should heal in about four to six weeks. So I guess uh, John will be doing a lot of work with the uh, Jockey Guild. He is the uh, the champion of the Jockey Guild and uh, uh, an excellent leader and an extremely smart individual. So with his time off, I'm sure he'll be putting a lot of efforts into that. And, of course, any rehabilitation that's going to be uh, needed for his uh, collarbone injury. Johnny, we wish you the best. As a matter of fact, I think we're going to try to get him on the show here in about two weeks. You know, hey, he's just sitting around with time to heal. No reason he can't talk to the folks at Winning Ponies. And speaking of talking to the folks at Winning Ponies, Stephen Christ will be on next week, and it was just announced that he's going to address the Hall of Fame ceremonies at Saratoga. So be sure to tune in next week at uh, 8.15 Eastern Standard Time, and Stephen Christ will be with us. Got a lot of good questions to ask him. One of the smartest guys uh, in the sport. You know, He's got more than 30 years of experience as a racing journalist on all kinds of levels, not, not only a, as a writer and a reporter. Uh, he formed an investment group that purchased the Daily Racing Form. Um, he's the author of books, uh, The Horse Traders, uh, Betting on Myself, one of my favorites. And uh, he was... Uh, Named as one of the inaugural selections of the National Museum's 
Joe Hirsch Media Roll of Honor. So uh, congratulations to Stephen Christ. On a more local level, congratulations to Scoot and Boot Perry Oots. He passed Jerry Bailey this week and now becomes racing 17th leading all-time jack. A number of wins. He goes by him. But, boy, you know, one thing he says is that, well, I am kind of proud of this passing Jerry Bailey. He said, because I had to work. Most of his races were on Cadillacs. And uh, if, if you think about it, uh, Oots has ridden in 44,000 races. His earnings of $35 million. Bailey rode in 30000 His earnings of $296 million. All right. Well, we had uh, the uh, our mellow fellow Pete Aiello with us uh, last week to to do some handicapping, and uh, we started out with night racing at the Stephen Foster. What a fantastic race! I, I hope that you got a chance to see the Stephen Foster. Uh, Nate's mine shaft, trained by Austin Smith, who was on Winning Ponies about a month ago, uh, was was with us. And Nate's mine shaft looked like he was going to get the job done in the mile and an eighth. Stephen Foster, uh, but he got a tad leg weary at the end, and then it looked like Wise Dan, the one half of the entry of Chuck Lapresti that went to post because uh, successful Dan stayed in his stall. Wise Dan looked like he was going to get up, but slipping through along the rail, Ron the Greek, hard to keep a win away from Billy Mott. What's surprising is Ron the Greek, who's won over $849,000, it was his first start at Churchill Downs. Uh, Jose Lescano was in the saddle. Just a fantastic move along the inside. Now, uh, just prior to that race, you got to see a, a champion run, and won Royal Delta, who was absolutely awesome uh, in the Fleur de Lis. Uh, you, you had to see this. She was just uh, on cruise control. And what's very interesting is uh, she ran her final furlong. And, again, this was the same distance uh, as, as the, uh, the, the boys ran. Her final furlong in 12.99 and finished out the nine furlongs in 149.49. The boys, their last furlong was 14.8 seconds and finished in 150.51. In other words, uh, had all gone the same in both races, Royal Delta would have won the Foster by about five lengths. Uh, then we went to Colonial Downs where there was night racing, and uh, our boy uh, Pete Aiello and I both agreed that sometimes when there's only one horse that's speed, that's all you need, and that was Turbo Compressor, who went from flag fall to that's all over air support and Raya Strata, if I'm saying that correctly. Also, uh, handicapped here, we did handicap uh, the Hill Prince, and... Uh, what we said here is sometimes you just have to throw a race out, put in a terrible race in, in the Peter Pan. Uh, right now it was going back on the turf where Summer Front had been very successful for Christophe Clement. Uh, we threw out the last race, and Ramon Dominguez put in a very nice ride, uh, finished up most of the best, even though he only finished a half length over how great, uh, who contested most of the pace, uh, finishing third there was film shot. And in the uh, the final race that that we handicapped, it was just an excellent ride. It was the Vanity from Hollywood Park and an upset in here. It looked like Include Me Out had this race absolutely won with Joe Talamo. I don't know, was the horse too confidently ridden? You go back and look at the replay and tell me. He's three links on top and cruising for home at the eighth pole. But then from off of it comes 
love the way you are from last at the six furlong marker and gets up by two and a half lengths. A great ride by Garrett Gomez. Upset time paid $38. All right, that's a look at national news, international news, and the races we played last week. Playing the races with me this week will be handicapper extraordinaire Jew Feld, but coming up here in just a minute or so, trainer Tom Drury. Stay tuned. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with with me right now, you know, there's this game of horse racing is, is so great but it takes so many levels of people to make it go and it, it's i just love meeting people along the way and a couple years ago i got to meet a guy by the name of tom drury that would sneak up to river downs and, and pop a win uh, every now and then usually in an allowance race he always had you know good looking horses when they came over uh, I, i'd see him at keeneland at churchill downs uh, but then I found out a little bit about how he runs his operation, and it's very interesting. Uh, he's, he's been training for, for 22 years. He's got 55 stalls at the Skylight Training Center uh, down in the middle of Kentucky. He keeps about 45 to 55 horses there, and right now he's got about eight horses stabled uh, at, at River Downs. Um, he's a board member and still serves as an active advisor with the Second Stride Racehorse Adoption Program. Uh, he does a lot as a trainer, and believe it, you've got to listen to some of the people he works for and with. Uh, he supervises horses coming out of surgery rehab, as well as laying up old horses, and he takes young horses for the likes of, listen to this, Bill Mott, 
Neil Howard, Al Stahl, Steve Asmussen, Mike Maker, and an up-and-comer by the name of Doug Cowens. Also, uh, he has horses for uh, Claiborne Farm and Longfield Farm. Uh, his own stable was involved in the early conditioning of the grade one winner, Hanson, and Madcap Escapade, and uh, numerous other grade stakes winners. Uh, Delta Princess, if that name sounds familiar, she's the dam of Royal Delta, and uh, the grade three winner, Drilling for Oil, grade three winner, Gold Samata, and he's uh, personally trained uh, stakes winners such as Timeless Fashion, who's a great story in his own right, uh, Models Memo, and Granddaddy, a full brother to Scat Daddy. So with that said, uh, Tom Drury has, uh, has quite a, a resume, and he's with us this evening. Tommy, how you doing, my friend? Doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, uh, w- what I want to know is, uh, you know, I found out the, your background and some of these people that you work for. Um, first of all, tell me about your background and training, how you got involved, how you got in the game. Uh, through the family, my dad, uh, my dad galloped and trained horses, and you know, kind of grew up around the backside. All I ever wanted to do, and uh, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of steadily went from uh, hot walker to groom to exercise rider to to trainer. I did get my trainer's license when I was eighteen, which made me the youngest active trainer at that time in the state of Kentucky. And uh, didn't win any races that year, but we did. Uh, we did get to run a couple, and um, you know, just tried to kind of, kind of. Keep moving it forward each year. Well, it, it certainly looks like you have. Now, describe to us the Skylight Training Center. Uh, is it kind of nice to train there because you're a bit away from from the hubbub of, of a of a bigger track and a very active track with 1,200 stables? Yeah, it really is. It's a little more, a little bit more of a laid back environment, you know, with the the paddocks and the round pins and you know the walking machines, things of that nature. You know, the racetrack doesn't close like the track at the racetrack would, and we've got a little more time. We can take a little more laid back approach to, with the horses, spend a little more time with them in the mornings, and not have to worry about uh, you know being brushed quite as much. Uh, start a lot of young horses uh, again. You know, the quieter environment. I think that really helps with them and. And uh, just do do a nice variety of things. We're not really locked into one thing that we we specialize in. We do a nice variety of things and just try to do each job to the best of our ability. Now, uh, I've, I've got a question for you. What's it like training for such high-profile trainers? I mean, are you taking orders or are you listening to them and learning at the foot of the masters? It's you know it's gotten a lot easier. I uh, you know I used to talk to Bill Mott on the phone and I'd stutter all over myself. Uh, probably <laughs> sound like I do right now. And uh, you know the nerves would kind of get you. And uh, but but now it's 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 gotten to be much more laid back. I mean these guys uh, you know they're all great horsemen and and if anything they've. You know, I've been able to take just a little bit of uh, of like a Bill Mott's program and an Al Stahl's program and a Neil Howard's program and, you know, kind of roll that a little bit into Tommy Drury's program. And I think that's been, you know, it's been a big part of my success. Now, uh, for these guys, uh, I'm guessing you work with their horses in in both worlds, horses that may be recuperating or needed a layoff or coming back from surgery and horses that maybe have just been broken and are going to try to make it to the races. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, we've, we've done all of that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know if you remember, I ran a horse at River Downs one day for a guy named Bill Mott that the Thoroughbred Corporation owned. Uh, I was the, I was the one that brought the horse up and raced it for him and had the horse in the barn. You know, I, I guess I'm kind of an assistant to, uh, to a lot of different trainers, uh, you might say. And, and that's kind of that's kind of our our major area of expertise. Whatever they need, we try to get them accommodated. And 
you know, if it's a surgery horse, we're happy to take it. If it's a young horse, we're happy to take it. And occasionally these guys, uh, they'll have one that may need to get a maiden broker. They may not be in town, and they may need to send something to town. And, you know, and that's where we get involved, and we try to try to help out in any way we can. Well, I, again, I, I ran off uh, just a short list of some of the very good horses uh, that you've been associated with, but one that obviously uh, drew top headlines last year and will still be a story this year is Hanson. Uh, tell our listeners what it was kind of like being around Hanson, because I understand he wasn't exactly the the best schoolboy of them all. Well, I'd love to, I'd love to tell you a fancy story, but yeah, he was uh, he was a little tough. Uh, you know, he's always been a you know he's always been a, <clears throat> a very high energy horse. Um, that's certainly no secret. Um, he was one that just kind of required a slow hand, uh, a lot of patience. And, you know, we knew, uh, we knew when we sent him to Mike that he was, you know, he was going to be a nice horse. I'd be lying to you if I told you I was thinking Breeders' Cup winner, but, uh, uh, you know, we certainly felt like he could be a nice horse, but we were more concerned about, you know, about mentally how he was going to handle the racetrack and how he was going to handle the races. And, you know, I've just, my hat's off to Mike. I think he's just done a fantastic job with that horse, and, you know, he deserves all the credit there. Well, it's nice of you to pass the credit along, but I've got to guess there was quite a bit of personal pride when you saw this horse rise to a championship stat. Well, I, you know, when he won the Breeders' Cup, I watched the, I actually watched the race with a couple of my employees, and, you know, we, we were jumping up and down and screaming as loud as anyone in the grandstand, and I went down and got our picture taken, and yeah, it was it was certainly the proudest moment of my life, uh, you know, to be associated with a horse like that, and, uh, you know, to know at some point in time that, you know, that he was all yours and that you, you know, that you played a, a small role in, in his success. And that's, that's something that, you know, it carries a lot of weight with us. That's what we do. And that's what we want to see all of them do once they, you know, once they leave us. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty special to watch him win the Breeders' Cup. Uh, one thing that, that, that I've always, uh, admired about you, you Tommy, is that, uh, you really, uh, have a sense of, of sticking with people, uh, that got you there and a, kind of a sense of familiarity. Um, when, years ago when I first met you, came up here and it seemed like you, you locked into one of our leading riders, uh, Jeff Johnston, and, and he was your go-to guy. Uh, sure. Last couple of years, it's been uh, Lopi, James Lopez, who uh, I think actually uh, lived with you. And mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, in between those two uh, was a guy who's very close to both of our hearts, uh, Justin Vitek. Uh, what is it about this that you like to develop a, a very special relationship with your jacks? Well, I think a big part of it, you take care of the people that takes care of you. Um, you know these guys are. You know these guys are working. You, you know I'm not Bill Mott. I'm. Uh, you know I'm just Tommy Dury when it comes to my name being in the program. But these are guys that are. You know they're they're coming to the training center. They're working horses. They're helping out. They're. You know they're doing their part to uh, to try to put us in the winner's circle. And you know I feel like those guys deserve every opportunity. I know. Uh, you know sometimes it's hard for me to to have that good horse and to know it's going to another trainer and to have to send it off. I, uh, you know, of course, we accept that. We know that's our job. But, uh, you know, I try not to put the jocks in that same situation. If Justin's riding the horse and he's riding the horse well, it doesn't matter if we're at River Downs or, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't matter if we're at River Downs or Kingland, uh, you know, that, that that's his mount. That's, you know, he's going to ride the horse. Um, and I've just kind of always felt like uh, the people that support you, those are the ones you try to stick with. Well, it, it just seems to me that... Uh... You seem to have a relationship with these riders that seems more like they're friends than than a 
boss and employee type situation? Well, most days it is. <laughs> uh, you know, we've all had our ups and downs, and, and we certainly have had to, you know, we've had to sit in the tack room and discuss riding and strategies and, you know, things that have happened during races. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I've been very blessed to to have a very, very good crew and, you know, the jockeys that we've been associated with, uh, you know, we've just been very fortunate to to have a good group of people that's that's really helped us to take things to the next level. Yeah, really, and I can tell you from a personal standpoint, as, as one that's here a lot in the mornings, that uh, uh, the young man that you employ here, Dustin Heath, uh, does one heck of a job with your horses when I know yeah, you're, I, you're I, Well, I wouldn't have horses on the grounds without him. You know, Dustin... Uh, uh, you know, gosh, he's he's worked for Wayne Lucas. He's worked for Steve Asmussen. He's uh he's in the equine program at the University of Louisville, about to graduate. And uh, you know, if it, 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 anybody else, and I, I probably wouldn't have horses up there. I know, you know, I can I can turn off the bedroom light at nights and go to sleep and know that everything's handled up there. Uh, not have to lose a second sleep over what's going on. I know Dustin's got it handled, and he's just been absolutely worth his weight in gold. I think any. Anything that you see positive, you know, happening with the Drury Stable at River Downs, Destin deserves all the credit for that. Well, uh, I can tell you, as he, he is doing a great job, and all, all, all your horses uh, look fantastic. Um, now, the fact that I'm seeing your horses tells me something. What the heck is Tommy Drury, who runs horses at Keeneland and Churchill Downs, doing up at River Downs? Are you, you, you've got a uh, little eye to the future here? Well, you know, I think I think the Ohio racing's just going the right way. I, I, you know, I wish I could say that about every state in the country, but I can't right now. And uh, you know, I think you guys are, uh, I think you guys are about to take some things to the next level. And uh, you know, being a young trainer, that's where I want to go. I want to go to the next level. And I, I think, uh, I think it's a perfect fit. It's you know, it's close to Louisville. Uh, I can I can still be involved with the horses up there. Um, I, I I just really really think it's the right fit for me. The whether it's the you know whether it's the racing office staff being accommodating or the track surface or uh, just it just seems like we've always had a little success when we did go up there and uh, it's a you know it's certainly a place that that I would I would like to see myself you know still racing ten years from now. Well, certainly if uh, if the if the purses uh, be, begin to grow, ha- have you seen? Um, the, the migration to New York, uh, you know, I, I keep re- it seems every day I pick up the paper, some other top rider or top trainer is migrating to New York. Is, is that making it a little bit easier for a guy like you to, to strike fire in Kentucky? Yeah, you know, we've probably had as good a Churchill meet this year as we've ever had, uh, which uh, my assistant, Destin, and for, I didn't keep him at Churchill this year and sent him to River. And, of course, this was a year we had a great meet down there, but uh, it was certainly no reflection upon him whatsoever. I think it was just that Churchill softened up considerably, and it it, do, it does allow guys like myself to, you know, more opportunities to be competitive. But uh, having said that, um, you know, I think if Ohio continues to go the right way, uh you know, we would love to get our foot in the door with the Ohio program and have several clients. I think that would be interested in, in going that way, and and that's that's really that's really what we're shooting for right now. We're not thinking about today; we're thinking about five years from now. So, uh, and I think I think Ohio, if you know, if everything continues to go the way that the way that everyone's saying it is, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna really take off. Well, I know that uh, you uh, have, haven't been shy about uh, about making your opinions known. I, I think you may have even uh, been a part of uh, the Jenny Reese blog in the Louisville Courier Journal. Uh, what exactly were those statements you were making about the state of racing? Well, you know, it's just a little disappointing that the uh, that the politicians didn't. You know, Kentucky's supposed to be the 
you know, the horse racing capital of the world, and, and you know, here we are, we're, we're, we're basically going under, and, you know, I just feel like, uh, I won't mention anyone by name, but I think there's certain politicians that <laughs> that just haven't, uh, they really haven't haven't done their part to, to help any at all, and uh, I think, you know, you start to, you know, you start to see that every year, everybody, you know, everybody kind of looks at Keelan and Churchill, but, you know, for a guy like myself, I'm looking at Ellis Park and Turfway Park and some of the smaller tracks, and, you know, I'm watching these guys just, uh, you know, they're fighting tooth and nail just to keep their heads above water. And, and it's, uh, you know, I think it's just kind of going overlooked by some of our politicians. Well, uh, let's hope it gets fixed uh, every place because we need more Tommy Drury's in the world and we, we need you to survive. So someday when, when I'm mentioning the names, Bill Mott, Neil Howard, Al Stahl, and Steve Asmussen, you'll be right in the same sentence, uh, Tommy, because you sure run a top-notch operation. Well, thank you very much, John. I sure hope that's the case. It is the case. Trust me. Ladies and gentlemen, trainer Tommy Drury's just been with us. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to take, talk to the guy that invented fantasy horse racing, Jude Felt. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play Fantasy Sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll free at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, I believe a returning guest, Jude Feld. I think I tapped into him uh, back around the Keeneland meet because uh, he always is a, a present figure there with uh, his partner, Mike Penna, uh, of Horse Racing Radio. And uh, Jude, uh, who's done everything from uh, tr- trained graded stakes winners uh, to run handicapping seminars, uh, handicapping tournaments, 
Uh, he's an outstanding journalist. Uh, pretty much you name it, he does it. Uh, he's taking time out of his busy day to meet with us now because the other day I stumbled across a uh, myfantasystable.com and I found out that uh, I think it was the brainchild of Jude. And actually, as going through myfantasystable.com, it, it, it even looks like somebody as simplistic as me can figure out how to play the game. Jude, how you doing? <laughs> good, good. Well, I, I'd like to take credit for uh, inventing it, but you know, that, saying that I invented my fantasy stable is like saying Al Gore invented the internet. It, it uh, really, really isn't that way. Uh, my fantasy stable is actually the brainchild of a couple of friends of mine who uh, I play fantasy football with every year, and and uh, one of the two guys also plays fantasy baseball in the league that I'm in. So uh, they're the ones that really spearheaded the thing, but they got me on board, uh, you know, to to help advise them and give suggestions. And of course, I'm doing uh, rankings on the site with Gary Mandela. So uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, developing the game, and uh, hopefully, uh, people will be able to draft and and uh, plug their stables into the website uh, the first week of August. Okay, so people go to myfantasystable.com. Uh, what are they going to do, and how do they get involved? Is it laborious, or do you kind of walk them through it? No, it's very, very simple. Um, it's, it's basically uh, what, we, what we'd really like everybody to do right now is to, to register, to just sign up, and all you've got to do is punch in your email address, and then you'll be getting updates as we get closer to the game. But, but you, can, um, you can check, uh, you know, check out the website. The rankings are going to be changed every week. Um, and you're going to get into your mind what kind of stable you want to have, and it's really, you know, a dream stable that that you can pick out of out of several horses in training. There's going to be past performances from Brisnet available uh, to help you uh, with your selections, and then you know get, you'll get a group of friends together. You know, usually our football uh, leagues are usually 12 teams or uh, sometimes 10 teams, and you get. You get uh, your your friends together and you have a draft. Uh, a lot of times we have a party at the house with pizza and beer and everybody you know picks their players. Well, you'll do the same thing with your horses. Uh, uh, Churchill Downs Press Box has a fantasy uh, league that that leads up to the Triple Crown. It's kind of a a private league for some of the members of the press, which I play in with uh, Mike Penn and my horse racing radio network partner every year. And uh, you know, I mean, it's it's Fantasy sports is huge. It's a lot of fun, and it's uh, it's going to be easy to do. This is going to be like a Yahoo style game. It's going to be all run through uh, you know the uh, the internet, and you're not going to have to worry about keeping stats and everything. It's going to be based on money won by your horses. It'll be, uh, I believe, a team of uh, 15 horses, two trainers, and two jockeys, and you'll have to select which ones you want to play every week. Um, and uh, take it from there. All right, Jude, uh, lean towards the northeast a little bit. I, I'm losing your satellite signal ever so slightly. The, the volume's down a little bit, and I want everybody to be able to, to, to hear what you're saying. Now, uh, one thing when I went up there is people need to know that this is a worldwide game, so I can probably put who's the best horse in training, Frankel, in my stable, right? Absolutely. Uh, we have European horses and American horses available currently. We don't have Japanese uh, horses or horses that race in Hong Kong currently available, but that may happen uh, uh, down the line. But to start the game out, it's going to be European and American horses, 
and the game's going to lead towards the Breeders' Cup. We're going to have two games every year uh, based around the road to the Triple Crown and the road to the Breeders' Cup, but there's also going to be a way for you to set up uh, let's say you wanted to have a River Downs league with your friends, so you could do uh, racing around River Downs, or you could maybe have a league that was all turf racing. All these things are going to happen eventually on the site. You're going to be able to uh, figure out how you want to customize your own league and how you want to play. Oh, that's fantastic. So people can regionalize the game. Right. You can regionalize it. You could, you could have, let's say you just wanted to do two-year-olds. You could have a league of two-year-olds, or you could do uh, a league of, of Philly racing if you wanted, or eh, almost any combination eventually is going to be available to you. So if you only wanted to do stakes, or if you only wanted to you know, concentrate on a specific area, um, almost every horse in training is going to be available. Um, so you're, you're going you're gonna to be able to customize your league settings and your, and your teams based on on what kind of league you're in. I'll tell you what, you know, just off the top of my head, this would be great for states that have state-bred programs to right. form their own league. And right. you could really have a lot of fun uh, through, through your own state-bred program and in doing so generate, you know, interest and have people really watching, uh, whether they be Ohio-bred, Indiana-bred, Pennsylvania-bred uh, horses. I, I think it would just be fantastic for uh, state breeders' organizations to uh, find out about your program. Yeah, well, there, there's, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of people that are interested in racing. It's a good way for people to learn. It's a good way to learn about ownership, what's involved in, in picking races out for your horses, because you're going to be doing that on a weekly basis. You're going to figure out where your horses are going to start. And, of course, it's a lot easier with the stakes horses because you kind of know in advance what races they're pointing to and, right. and that type of thing. And then based on money won, um, you know, you'll know exactly where you stand after the races are run. So um, it, it, it's uh, it's going to be good. The horses that aren't taken in your draft are going to be available, you know, on a on a uh, free agent basis, and and you'll be able to pick those up and and trade out horses if a horse isn't running good. You'll be able to drop them and pick another one up, and uh, you know, it's going to be going to be pretty cool. It's it's a uh, it's a great uh, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun, and I think it'll create a lot of fan interest, uh, especially around the big events. No, I, I think it's fa- fantastic, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you, your friends uh, that you're giving credit for developing it uh, reached out to you to kind of, you know, fine-tune the, uh, the, the thoroughbred side uh, of this game. So uh, I wish you best of luck uh, with, with my fantasy stable. But right now I'm going to have to tap on you for a little reality and uh, you know, that would be, let's take a look at some of the top races uh, that are going to happen this week. And, uh, you know, uh, someday somebody might have these horses in their stable because I can tell you what, out of the grade one mother goose, you can bet your bottom dollar I'd have Believe You Can in my stable. Yeah, well, Believe You Can is a very nice filly. She's on the improve. She's improved her uh, buyer speed figures in her last three starts. She's Got two wins in a row, uh, including the Kentucky Oaks. Very, very nice filly for uh, Governor Jones and, and his family, and uh, very exciting uh, horse for them, a homebred filly who's really on a roll right now. But she's going to have to have her running shoes on because, you know, you, 
anytime Bob Baffert shows up in New York, you know he didn't just travel there to get a Nathan's uh, hot dog. And uh, he really looks like, like he's got a Philly on the rise with this contested who I notice uh, just about every time she goes to post, her, her speed figures get stronger and stronger, and it looks like she's really enjoying the ability to stretch out. Well, she's a very talented filly and was ultra-impressive last time when she won the Acorn at Belmont. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there and very impressed with her performance. Of course, Baffert's under a lot of pressure because his wife owns this filly, so uh, <laughs> he, has to, he has to make sure she runs good or uh, he's going to be in the uh, doghouse. So uh, she's running great. She's uh, won four in a row. Like you say, her buyer speed figures are improving every start. It's interesting. She's never gone two turns, uh, and uh, she's going one turn again at, at Belmont Park in uh, Mother Goose. It's a mile and the 16th, but that's a one-turn race at Belmont Park. So um, Baffert's consistently kept her around the one turn. She's running great, and I think she'll really be uh, the filly to beat tomorrow. Well, listen, before we move on to the Hollywood Oaks, they sure seem like the two that rise to the top. Do you see any of the others in the short field that can upset those two? Not really. I mean, it would be it would be a reach. Uh, you know, every one of these fillies, though, is, is getting better all the time. So, you know, they, they get better at different rates. But I think the, the top two are, are definitely Believe You Can and Contested. All right. Well, listen, let's uh, move to... Uh, a race uh, out at Hollywood Park uh, at a mile and a sixteenth. It's the Hollywood Oaks, which we all know that that means that it is for uh, three-year-old fillies. And uh, this race, you know, has a pretty good uh, history to it with uh, you know, some very uh, top horses that have run in it over the years. And uh, this brings together kind of a, a, a tough, tough field. You got uh, a Hollendorfer duo, and then you got uh, Willa B. Awesome, uh, who's another filly that just seems to be able to know right where the finish line is every time. Yeah, um, she's a Calbred. You were talking about state programs, and she's a, a Calbred filly who's done quite well, uh, made almost $600,000. She won the uh, San Anita Oaks, which is a grade one. Uh, she's won her last two starts. Very, very nice uh, filly. There's no question about that. Uh, Hollendorfer is loaded for bear with uh, Via Villaggio and Killer Graces. Killer Graces is a very talented filly. She won the Hollywood Starlet, a grade one. Uh, this race is a grade two, so uh, she should be very tough in there. Uh, Villa Villaggio uh, won a grade three, her first graded stakes win last time out. Um, she's got some talent, and her speed figures are improving. And then you have some fringe horses like uh, Potesta, who posted a huge speed figure last time. She won by 11 lengths for Mike Mitchell, but that was in a maiden race. So uh, we don't know what to make out of her. I mean, she could be all-world, and, and we wouldn't necessarily know it. But uh, those look like the top fillies to me. I, I'm kind of rooting for Willoughby Awesome being the next Calbred myself, or being a Calbred <laughs> myself. Uh, I guess you can't be an ex-Calbred. You either are yeah, or that's you're not. That's right. I'm sorry. They don't change your papers when you cross state lines. That's right. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be great if, if uh, she won again. That would be her third win in a row. But Killer Graces is a filly that I've always kind of liked, and she runs really, really hard every time. She's only got 
one bad race on her chart, and that was two races back in the Lost Virginist. I don't know what happened to her that day, but if she runs the way she can, she's going to be pretty tough as well. Yeah, and ne- never worse than second at uh, Betfair Hollywood Park. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm still having a hard time getting my lips around that. But uh, yeah. that, that's always an edge. You know, I, I love the horses for courses angle. So uh, that, that's a look uh, at, at the Hollywood Oaks. So uh, Jude Feld is, is with us. Uh, we're talking fantasy horse racing, and right now we're talking handicapping. When we come back, uh, we're going to go over to the Jersey Shore at Monmouth Park for the Boiling Springs, and then we're going to end it a little bit closer to home with the debutante at Churchill Downs. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with Jude Feld, a man that's very much involved with the new concept of My Fantasy Stable. We're going to go through a couple more races, and if we've got time just before our final break, we're going to go back and tell you a little bit more about how you can get involved uh, in fantasy horse racing. So, uh, Jude, uh, going to go now to, to, to Monmouth Park. It's a grade three, uh, the Boiling Springs, a mile and 16th on the turf. I'm guessing with the weather they've had there, it's going to be pretty hard turf. Um, and uh, very interesting field. You've got the top four from the little silver stakes, and then you've got a couple other horses that uh, put in a very solid efforts in uh, Belmont's uh, Sands Point, a grade two stake. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Who do you see riding to the top? Well, there's a little angle that I like when I'm handicapping turf races, and that's when a horse runs on the turf for the first time and run the best speed figure they've ever run. To me, that really indicates that a horse moves up on the grass. And if you look at Dancing Solo, that's what she did. She was, you know, running in the uh, 70s. So she had 181 in her uh, in her past performance chart. That was the race at Turfway on the Poly. She gets on the grass in the little silver stakes. She wins the race. 
in nice fashion and gets a, a 90 buyer speed figure, which is the best last race buyer in the field. So I think she's got a big chance tomorrow or Saturday. She's a, a filly that I'm going to definitely uh, be backing. I think you'll get a decent price on her, uh, despite the fact that she beat some of these the last time. I think she'll probably be up there, you know, three to one, seven to two. And I, I really think she's got a bang up chance to win. I, I love I love your your angle and your comment for our listeners about you know a horse showing that much improvement the first time on a different surface. What I also like about Dancing Solo is that she ran second to In Lingerie, who came back and won the Black Eyed Susan. Well, that's certainly a, a big plus, and you know In, in Lingerie is a, is a lovely filly. The race she ran in the Black Eyed Susan was sensational. Uh, I was there that day and and got to see her in person. She, uh, some of your listeners may not know, but she cut her leg leaving the gate. She stumbled leaving the gate, cut her leg, and, and, uh, it was, it was a pretty severe cut. She ran all the way around the track wide and won the race very easily. It was a super performance under really adverse circumstances. And a friend of mine, Aaron Wellman, owns that filly, and Aaron, uh, I met him back at the barn. I went to go check on her because you could, you could see the, the blood coming out of the cut when she came back to the winter circle. And I went back to the barn and he was there and Fletcher's crew was bandaging her up. It was a pretty severe cut and it took a couple of days to really get the bleeding stopped. That's how bad it was. Well, believe it or not, well. our, our audience does know about that, Jewel, because a friend of mine is part owner of that filly, uh, Marty Grunder. Oh. And uh, he, uh, he came on with us and, uh, you know, talked about the race and, and the excitement and everything. And, and he was in pretty awe of of her race, considering that he saw the foot too. Yeah, she's a sensational filly, and and I think she's going places. She's doing quite well now. Evidently, she's back training. I think she had a breeze the other day. She popped up on my stable meal, so it's great to see her back. And you're going to hear some big things from her at Saratoga. I think. I I, I hope so because all the people that are involved in that partnership are really class people. Yeah, yeah, Aaron. Uh, Aaron started working for me when he was nine years old at Del Mar, and uh, it's great to see him at the top of the game. I really enjoyed that weekend because Aaron and, and Doug O'Neill both, uh, I gave them their first jobs on the racetrack, and, and uh, they won the two big races on the weekend, and it was quite a thrill for me. I'll bet. And, and Marty, I met Marty when he was mowing lawns, putting himself through the University of Dayton, and now he owns the biggest <laughs> landscaping company in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> That's so, great. That's so, some great. real self-made guys. I love to see that. So we're talking about dancing solo uh, in the Boiling Springs. I, I got to guess that Somali Lemonade is going to going to attract some uh, action too. Well, she's a real nice filly. She disappointed last time out. You know, racing fans are kind of fair weather friends. If you don't run good, they kind of drop you. But I, I would think she's a filly that you need to respect. Um, she uh, won the Jessamine at Keeneland. Uh, she finished second in the Appalachian. She's she's a very talented filly. Uh, I think Matt was a little surprised she didn't run well, but she's kind of a kind of a big old girl, and maybe she needed that race last time. She didn't run badly. She finished fourth, but she should be uh, a lot tighter for this race, and uh, I think she'll give a good account of herself. All right, Jude, we got about three minutes left. We're going to take a look now. It's that time of year that the two-year-olds start going in the gate. Uh, the debutante at Churchill Downs, uh, D. Wayne Lucas, has won this race seven times. He's not coming in with one of the strongest horses. The horse hasn't broken its maiden yet, Neath, but 
eight of the ten contestants in this race have broken their maiden in their last start. Leaves you with a little bit of head scratching. Yeah, it's it's not the easiest race to handicap. I was I was looking at it at length. The horse that kind of attracted me a little bit was Quiet Success. She's a successful appeal filly um, out of a Quiet American mare, and that says a lot of speed to me. Uh, she won uh, her last race. It was her second start, and she beat a filly named Lignite, who uh, is trained by Wesley Ward. She's a pretty fast filly. So I thought uh, she had a good shot for Mike Maker. Uh, it looks like she may have been purchased privately uh, after that race. Tom Amos has her now, and uh, Robert Donato had her before then. So um, that's kind of an interesting uh, horse to me. Uh, Tim Ham's filly comes in from Presque Isle. She's by Jazzle, and Jazzle's really been a surprise sire. He's done quite well with two-year-olds, despite being a horse that really? uh, seemed to do his best running going longer. He's yeah, he been, won the uh, Belmont Stakes. Yeah, he's been pretty pretty good two-year-old sire, so that's nice to see. He is by seeking the gold. So, um, you know, that filly, she, she can looks like she can rate a little bit and she can finish, and sometimes that's good when you get these speedsters out there. And then dancing uh, Ellie Bell, uh, another horse, 20-1 to 1 on the morning line. She won first time out by four at Canterbury going three-and-a-half furlongs, but she's by pure prize. And that's a sire that I really, really like, and uh, hard to leave uh, Pure Prize off your uh, tickets. A lot of good long shots uh, by Pure Prize. Well, uh, speaking of, speaking of young sires that we're not sure of what kind of horse they're going to throw, Magna Graduate. I'm pretty sure this is his first crop. Has not one but two horses in here. Uh, Truth and Knowledge, who will be quite the long shot coming up from the river. But uh, Blue Eyes in the rain. Uh, looks to me could be very, very strong. Uh, beat She's the Kitty first time out. Three wide, ridden out, and has the best buyer of these two-year-olds. So uh, she she's, might be the one that I'm going to lean towards. But, uh, you know, they're, they're two-year-old fillies. What can I say? Anything can happen. Well, Jude, I'm up against the close of the show. I want to uh, have you uh, one more time to, uh, tell our listeners uh, uh, a little bit about My Fantasy Stable and how they get involved. Well, my fantasy stable is uh, is going to be a Yahoo style fantasy game for horse racing, and uh, we'd like everybody to just uh, go to the website myfantasystable.com and register, and you'll be getting regular updates. The game's going to start the first week of August. We're uh, right on schedule for that, and I think everybody will have a lot of fun playing. Get your friends together, tell them about the game, have them register, and and. Uh, and when the game starts, you'll be ready to roll. You'll have a draft and uh, take it from there. It's a lot of fun. All right, and that's what we'll do. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been with Jude Fell. Earlier, I was with Tommy Drury. Thanks for li- listening to us here on Winning Ponies. Uh, share the uh, podcast with your friends. So we time to sign off from high atop the grandstand overlooking the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. I'm John Engelhart. Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.